0: What a mega week on top of some exciting outcomes in round nine of the 2023 Major League Rugby season that saw a historic number of points scored. Some fantasy MLR managers had themselves a week, a couple of them topping triple digit points scored in their matchups. We break down the past weekend's games that led to the historic number of points, talk about the top fantasy players in the week, and of course, look ahead to round 10. The Fantasy Rucker Show starts right now.
1: Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy Rucker Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Rucker Show. Now, here are your hosts Ryan Yee, Matt Yi, and Devin Vanderpool
0: what's up everybody this is episode number 62 of the fantasy ruckers show thank you so much to our fantasy ruckers league members community members and everyone else tagging along on this journey of trying to make fantasy rugby a reality in the mlr and we said it in the teaser what a mega week it was in round nine of the 2023 major league rugby season a whole bunch of points scored a whole bunch of upsets all bids well for the world of fantasy mlr we're gonna break it all down here on episode sixty-two. the fantasy Rucker show talk about the exciting round nine that was talk about the top performers that contributed to the crazy number of points score and of course look ahead to round 10 but two guys that have been taking advantage of the good week that was in round nine matt ye and our other host devin vandy vanderpool seems like the good times keep on rolling for you guys
2: yeah i mean they keep on rolling and it's unfortunate that vandy can't be here with us today i mean look that guy and we're going to touch on him a lot because you know, he scored the highest amount of points this week. And we'll get to that, Ryan. You'll get to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, shout out to that. Also, the fact that two of his favorite teams pulled out also got dubbed <laughs> this weekend. So, you know, we're talking about the one and true beloved, his first love in the MLR, the San Diego Legion. <laughs> they got the win, right? And then his second love, kind of the side chick, kind of the person on the side that he pretends to be a fan <laughs> of. The Utah Warriors also got one, a, a huge win over the week. I mean, Vanny's just rolling in. I'm sure the reason that he actually couldn't come is because he's too busy celebrating and drinking.
0: So. Yeah, it was all good times for him. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll keep on. I know that it's funny. He's obviously a diehard Utah Warriors fan, but I do agree. He does have a special place for him in San Diego. But again, we're going to break that all down, talk about the crazy matchups that, had in, that happened in round nine. And again, it all made for a very, very exciting week in Fantasy MLR in round nine. So we're going to really break down all that stuff in this episode. But obviously, before we get to any of that, a little bit of housekeeping stuff here. If you're not already, make sure you're following us at the Fantasy Ruckers. Uh, all the tags are there up above. If you're watching on the YouTube video, uh, in the description, if you're listening on the podcast portion as well, a uh, whole bunch of fun fantasy content coming out on all those different channels. If that's not enough for you, you can also join our Discord channel as well. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun communicating with uh, the fantasy MLR community that we're slowly growing there. Um, a whole bunch of people starting to join that. It's been Been a lot of fun kind of interacting with that. Um, a really good sign for the growth of trying to make fantasy MLR a reality in this league. And of course, I gotta mention this is the first season that we've had it. The fantasyruckers.com been a super helpful resource for us for the Fantasy Ruckers League that we will get into and, and talk about the latest happenings in that league. But if you're just a stats junkie, not even from a fantasy perspective either. If you just want to look at how players are doing in the league and the numbers that they're tallying up, the fantasyruckers.com is the perfect place to go do that. So go make sure you check that out as well. So I guess with how much we got going on and the number of stuff that we got to break down here, Matt, we might as well get right into it and might as well start talking about some uh, latest news and notes. And, and I want to start off by the biggest thing here. Um, tweeted out by one of the most reliable sources when it comes to North American rugby, uh, Brian Ray at Ray's rugby on Twitter announcing, uh, this week that it was the uh, that it was the um, the the sign and trade deadline earlier this you, week
2: it sounds like they're calling uh, yeah it sounds
0: it man. sounds like if they, they want to they, get
2: they, they can't- <laughs> you know they're calling up for the deadline i believe it was yesterday so they might be a little bit late but hey he might be a good signing for the squad.
0: Yeah, there what you go. There, I Toronto wish. Anyway. <laughs> I, I wish that uh, that uh, I could still be playing to be uh, in consideration there. But there are other guys that were in consideration, of course. And it seems like there's a whole bunch of rumors that are going around this league right now in terms of guys that could be yeah. in a brand new jersey um, in the near future.
2: Yeah, I mean, the sign and trade down, I believe he announced it was yesterday. Confirmed that with Jam Delay. And I want to clarify, uh,
0: it was uh, Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday.
2: Monday, Monday. Sorry, I got my dates all mixed up. Jam delay. uh, Yeah, it was Monday. Um, But you know how the MLR works. Things are always slow. We'll kind of see things start trickling in. We're even seeing things coming from different sources every other day. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's lots to talk about. Even signings throughout the past week, we kind of saw everything leading up to this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's talk about some of those signings that built up to this week. And then, Matt, you can kind of break it down in terms of what this type of impact will have. Um, Some pretty cool international signings. I'll start off with uh, Manate Akui. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Signed by Rugby New York, a Kenyan-born South Sudanese player, um, back rower. Uh, Should be interesting to see what he does for the New York Ironworkers. We also got Tamiwa Akongbongbon. Bongbon. Uh, he you is. Try. I tried there. A uh, back rower as well, going to the Houston SaberCats. Um, part of that English Premiership um, academy system. There, Katan Ojo also going to the Houston SaberCats. Also uh, it, within the English Premiership academies. And then we also got Justice uh, Nakambua, a lock who will be going to the Chicago Hounds as well. Um, and then we also got Old Glory DC signing a uh, New Zealander, Nico Jones as well. Um, he he has uh, obviously. Uh, experience playing overseas, spent time with Moana Pacifica and Auckland rugby. And then also uh, just recently, uh, the Seattle Seawolves adding Matt Turner as well. So out of all those signings there, Matt, what kind of stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We already saw some of these guys get put into the lineup, you know, Manate Akui, the guy's coming from, Lote, like he's from Kenya, but I guess he was playing for the New York Old Blues, tearing it up for them. Um, and kind of that was his pathway to be on the uh, on the New York Ironworkers Uh, The other one that I think is interesting, Justice Nkombua, actually Chicago-born and moved to South Africa. So that'll be interesting. It's kind of like he's coming home in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we already saw Matt Turner kind of have a few minutes on the weekend with the Seattle Seawolves. I think this, you know, it'll be interesting to see what this Nico Jones signing looks like, Um, just because, you know, we're going to get into it. But the back row for the Old Glory DC team seems... It's getting busy. More more than solid. More yeah. than solid because they are getting some depth. And they're getting some peak performance from those guys.
0: And I think out of all of the signings that I just listed, I would say from a fantasy perspective, I would probably look at Nico Jones. If I had to put my money on it as the guy that would probably have the most potential to have a fantasy impact. Yeah. It's tough because Over DC is a little bit busy in that back row, but they are trying to build up depth there. Obviously, they just uh, signed the former LA Guiltini's player, Langi uh, Langi Hapuku'ai. I think is awesome how you, you said um and obviously they already have Jamison and Schultz there as well lataro Bavaro as well as there there's a lot of uh, moving parts there but if Nico Jones can find himself in that starting lineup um uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how we can kind of translate that to fantasy impact
2: yeah I mean I don't see I think a lot of these guys are kind of depth signings in some ways um, but you know we always have the signings that surprise us and we haven't this doesn't seem to be any of the big signings like we saw last year um but i wonder if that already kind of happened in the off offseason you
0: know? yeah absolutely i feel like we're still waiting for that big sign to kind of happen again okay. we mentioned it last episode and obviously we had why in a hollow last year on him Scudder last year as well where just guys had to drop so much fab on them because it was just a one of a one of a kind of opportunity to add a guy that you knew was going to have so much fantasy impact in the starting lineup still waiting for that this season we'll see whether or not that does eventually happen
2: and with the sign and trade deadline, Ryan, you know we always got rumors. We love rumors, but we got to bring them up. We got to let the people know about what's going on in the league. One of them, I don't think this is as much of a rumor as actually somewhat of an announcement from America Rugby News. Uh, Ruben de Haas, American International, um, who has been starting for the Saracens, has been in the Saracens lineup, is now moving to the Cheetahs um, in South Africa. But in between that, it looks like he's going to be having a stint in the MLR for a short-term contract. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Rumor has it he goes to Houston with a South African name like that. I think Stephen Lowen <laughs> said in the chat, or, or Jam Delay, with a South African name like that, there's only one place you can go, and that's the Houston Sabre box.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So And the other thing, I mean, Rugby Morning, posted, I don't know if he's just stirring stuff up. To make me feel bad because I've got literally negative fab in our league, <laughs> but apparently, Bodine Waka may be coming back for a short term contract stint, so we'll see what happens there. Those are two, Ryan, that we know will definitely have a fantasy impact moving forward for the rest of the season,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think when we talk about the news as we wrap this news and notes segment up, there are kind of two split, kind of, uh, uh, views when it comes to those types of signings. I think the guys that we just mentioned that are solidified, uh, that have been announced, those are guys that you're possibly looking for as streamers of the week. You know what I mean? If you find them in a starting lineup, you maybe not be dropping a whole bunch of fab on these guys or any fab at all. But if you see some of these guys cracking into the starting lineup and you're in need of a back row player, you're in need of a lock one week, why not take a chance on a guy that has some overseas experience um, in a week? You never know what possibly the impact that he can have from a fantasy perspective. And then then shifting over to guys like you're saying, Ruben De Haas, and maybe a potential return by Bodine Waka. Those are the signs that we're mentioning that they could be midseason winners. If you're able to collect a guy like that, who's going to have solidified impact on the field, um, it could could uh, could bode well there, and it might be worth putting that extra Fab buck down on it. So, um, yeah. Again, uh, the sign and trade uh, deadline on Monday. I'm sure we'll hear a bunch of stuff that trickles out throughout this week, um, post this episode, um, and and it'll be interesting to see where, where frankly- it all lines up.
2: Frankly, Ryan, with the history of the M.L.R., I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't actually the sign deadline. Maybe it's a trade deadline. <laughs> but they just told everybody it's a side deadline, but you can actually sign some more.
0: Who knows? But um, if there's one guy that I trust, it's Brian Ray. So there, that that, there, true. there is that. So, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, keep an eye out, obviously, on the wires because yeah, if any more signing and trading happenings during this week, of course, it's going to have some sort of fantasy impact. The scale of which it's going to have may differ, but nonetheless, it will have some sort of impact on uh, on the landscape of fantasy M.L.R. and fantasy M.L.R squads across the league um but yeah i guess now it's time to start talking about that league now you ready for a little bit of an update
2: oh you know we have to
0: all right here we go
2: oh, love these trumpets
1: hear ye hear ye hear ye hear ye
0: here, here, ye, here, ye, here is Commissioner Ye with a Fantasy Ruckers League update. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we got to get right into it and start talking about how this crazy round nine with the amount of points that were scored uh, in the real world of Fantasy MLR really uh, impacting and trickling down uh, and impacting the world of Fantasy MLR as well. Um, just a crazy number of points. And I mean, I gotta, I guess I got to shout you guys out first. Matt, Vandy, our hosts here on the Fantasy Ruckers Show, racking up the most points this week but i think the biggest shout out has to go to vandy who has been kind of struggling at the start of this fantasy rucker season puts up the highest point total of the week one of the highest point totals this season so far you know, with 116.5 total points
2: i'm pretty sure it is the highest total is it the highest this far it is wow. the highest okay it beats me out by my last highest of 114 so you know kudos to vandy kudos to vandy it's but impressive maybe, maybe, It is impressive. It definitely is. And, you know, his team went off this week. I love it to hear it for Vandy. That battle for fifth and sixth place, I was looking at the standings, and we're going to go through it, Ryan. You're going to go through it. Um, It is just getting spicier and spicier as the week goes on.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding. And, and it's kind of mirroring right now how the MLR is kind of looking because the playoff race within the MLR is also getting very, very spicy. And here it's no different on uh, in the Fantasy Rutgers League as well. Again, reminder to all of our followers of the league and our league members, it is the top six teams that make the playoffs for the Fantasy Rutgers League. And that hunt is getting closer and closer and closer. But let's break down the matchups that happen in round nine from a fantasy perspective in, uh from when it comes to our league members. Uh, the first matchup of the week, Week. Feral Hippie, Stephen Lowen, taking on rugby wrap up, Matt McCarthy. Um yeah taking care of business there 92.7 to 60.1 uh rugby wrap-up uh, i guess really uh you know we've talked about it before he has a whole bunch of stock in the new york ironworkers they yeah. fell short against old glory dc not the best match by uh by the new york ironworks and obviously that uh that reflects that in that performance there uh with rugby wrap-up squad uh moving on to the next matchup i mean mlr all access and give me the loots is still continuing yeah. to struggle still searching for that first win in their existence of fan Tennessee MLR, they fall short to Rugby Morning 79.7 to 62.3. I know Fitzy will like that victory there. Um, but yeah, I guess we have our own Dallas Jackals kind of Chicago Hounds situation going there with MLR All Access. Uh-oh. So we'll see whether or not uh, they can continue to try to work or Toronto Arrows, which we'll get to, which was, which was pretty embarrassing stuff there. Um, yeah, and we mentioned it. The rucking GOAT, Devin Vandy Vanderpool. Again, I wish we could have him on the show here to, to hear what he had to say about this. But to put up the highest point total in the history of the Fantasy Rutgers League, 116.5 total points, was an absolute smacking against Bill Baker and his Eagles overseas team. 65.5, never even came close. Obviously, uh, Vandy taking advantage of the Utah Warriors guys that he has on his team yeah. there. Um, yeah, it w- was pretty impressive stuff. For a guy that has been struggling at the, the starting part of the season, he's slowly starting to build his way up and starting to look kind of scary. Kind of like what the Utah Warriors are actually doing, where they kind of were a little bit mediocre at the start of the season. Now they seem to be completely rolling oh, um, yeah. after their big upset in round nine, but we'll obviously break that down a little bit closer. Um, you had a little bit of a tighter matchup there, taking on Dankus Anchors, Hokey, uh, oh, winning 100 and, one, 103.6 to 92.3. I knew you were texting me saying you were a little bit nervous about kind of everything was going on, especially with uh, some of the Free Jacks players that uh that Dankis anchors has
2: yeah i mean i was ready to like after that new england free jacks game i was ready to say <laughs> all right hey look it wasn't my week only once a year you know every season there's gonna be historical game and this just happens to be the one happens to be his week, but hey the boys pulled through um even though half of them are hurt now they pulled through they got me the dub over 100 points so i'll take it sitting pretty at the top of the table
0: and that's back-to-back weeks, Matt, where you felt kind of nervous and, and you've come out with victories in the end. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, it's pretty crazy, though, the fact where you're sitting right now, um, you're slowly yeah. starting to pull away with things. And I think uh, I think every single week you can go in with an expectation right now, at least the way that your team has been playing, that uh, that you can be pretty confident in getting some sort of result out of the matchup. And then the last matchup here between uh, our uh, our latest ML fantasy MLR champion, the, the guy that has uh, the only name on our fantasy Rutgers championship, jersey right now lads on tour who is in the hunt with you for a brief period of time there for a top spot in the fantasy ruckers league falls short and that race is looking, that's what I'm saying. You're pulling a little bit away there. Fall short by four points against James Dealey's MLR stats, 77.7 to 73.7. Um, interesting enough, MLR stats kind of has uh, a lot of stock in the Toronto team. Um, I think some of the injuries kind of helped in terms of him not having to start some of those guys. Obviously, <laughs> Sam Malcolm didn't make an yeah. appearance in that Toronto game, so he didn't have to lean on that as well. So maybe it, it actually helped him in the long run, at least from a fantasy perspective. Um, but. uh Coming out on top there over Lads on tour beating the latest MLR champion, which makes the standings a whole whole much more interesting here. So let's break down some of these standings now. Um, again, you you are rocking and rolling, Matt, because you are now eight and one and your fantasy point total is absolutely incredible 808.6 total fantasy points on the season so far um and and it's not that you're you know not that you have the lowest fantasy points against either which has been updated on our website Uh, alistair gotta give a shout out to alistair continues to update the website and and more and more uh ways that we're digesting these stats are being uh are being added to this fantasyruckers.com website again you can check it out there at the fantasyruckers.com uh but yeah you're eight oh and one matt Pretty impressive stuff coming out behind you now in the second, third, and fourth spot, all tied at six and three records. We got Rugby Morning at second place. Lads on tour falls to third place. And now James Dealey working his way up, now six and three record, finds himself in the fourth spot.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah that, is, that is crazy. I mean, the fact that some of those underdogs were kind of just Rugby Morning got the win, but MLR Stats pulling that win from behind, that was a huge win for him to get him up into the top, uh, top four
0: yeah pretty impressive stuff and then now the hunt for the final playoff spot in the in the final playoff spots fourth or fifth and sixth place uh we got three teams tied with a four and five record feral hippies Rugby or four teams, I should say. That's right. Can't forget about Vandy who's making a, a hundred. Forget here. about
2: Vandy, right? Feral
0: Hippies, Rugby wrap up, Dankis Anchors, and Vandy's team, the Rucking Goat, all tied with a four and five record. Feral Hippies, because of the point of, or because of the total fantasy points scored, sits at that fifth spot. Rugby wrap up at the sixth spot. Dankus Anchors at the seventh and the rucking goat at the eighth spot. So pretty tight race there for those last two spots. It's it's gonna come down to the wire, I feel like.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems feels like deja vu to last year where we mm-hmm. had this exact same thing, this fight for the last spot. I mean, I wasn't part of it last year. Deja vu, not part of it this year <laughs> either. I'm just on the other side. Um, but no, I, I'm, you know, we love this in fantasy leagues. Keeps it exciting. Keeps you on your on the edge of your seat to figure out, hey, who am I going to play in that sixth seat?
0: Exactly. And, I, and it, it, it puts so much on the line as well, especially as there's less and less weeks for um, teams to kind of make that comeback. It really just puts the importance of getting a result each and every week from a fantasy perspective that much more important. It's going to be, I, I have a feeling, like I said, going to be going down to the wire. And then our final two spots, again, not out of it. Eagles overseas, Bill Baker at a three and six record with how close it is. Um, really, uh, he could find himself right back in the playoff hunt as well, um, sitting at that ninth spot. And then again, like we mentioned, MLR all access with their give me the loose team struggling a little bit here first fantasy season i will i will say but they're still hunting for their first uh first win there oh and nine there on the season um so basically outside of kind of the outliers there between you and mlr all access at the top and bottom that middle stretch there is 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 really really exciting
2: yeah super exciting and, and definitely it's exciting that people can honestly watch this every week and see how it's going so um, they can listen to us. They can come to the website. they can see who's moving up, who's moving down. They can pick somebody to cheer for if they really wanted to. So um, exactly. i would I would cheer for Vandy, you know if you're not already cheering for me.
0: <laughs> there no bias there no bias there and uh yeah again check the fantasyrockers.com. like matt said it's all there for you to digest both the fantasy uh the fantasy side of things and also just the number side things of well which we'll get into here in just a moment time as we break down these games a uh, last announcement i want to make for our league members here for the Fantasy Rockers league is that we are starting to approach um this uh what, what do you want to call it by mageddon i'll call it by mageddon let's call it by mageddon scheduling so the Board next operations. For, for our uh, for those Lack who may not thought. for those who may not know um, in rounds 11 and 12 of the MLR season it seems like there are going to be four teams on buy um, in those two weeks. And for those of you who have been following the league, you guys know that there is a defensive set piece bonus point that we do play with. But there are 10 teams in our league with only 12 teams being in the MLR. So we can't afford to have any more than two teams on buy. But apparently this week, uh, they decided to double that number and go with four. So for our league members, uh, we're gonna continue to have that conversation on how to approach this. But I do get the feeling that it sounds like we will be eliminating the set piece bonus point um, uh, position uh impact during those weeks to give everyone an even playing field but again uh as commissioner we'll put that uh, kind of in a conversation within the league discord chat and have that discussion on what the best way to approach that is is.
2: just to clarify this is not this upcoming week week 10 this is week 11 and 12 that we're going to see this awful scheduling and the mlr not realizing that they can (laughs) actually choose how they schedule the games
0: yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, but again, we'll, we'll mention it once again next week on that episode. But hey, we got a full slate of games in round 10. Also had a full yeah. slate of games in round nine as well. So Matt, uh-huh. let, let's start getting into uh, these round nine matches because, uh, man, it was super exciting nine. stuff.
2: This first one, we can just go right through it real quick, you know? You know what I yeah. Mean? Like, all our stats is going to want us to go through this one real quick. I honestly have a couple points I want to bring up. But let's let's get into it, right? Yeah,
0: now. and and if, if you guys weren't aware, uh, a historic historic uh, point point scoring uh, performance there That's by the New England Free Jacks against the Toronto Arrows, the first matchup to open up the week on uh, on Saturday, six uh, o'clock Eastern time, eighty. 80- to five victory. And if I'm citing uh, James Dealey correct on Twitter, he said that it's the most points scored ever by an MLR team averaging, obviously, one point a minute, which is insane to think about. um, The Free Jacks just racking it up against the Toronto Arrows.
2: Yeah, that was ridiculous to watch. It was honestly just so ridiculous to watch. But I don't want to spend too much time on it just because I don't even know. Like, the Arrows have basically a team that could start in the MLR on the injured reserve that mixed with you know they're not playing great we expected a lot more out of them at home and honestly to see this type of showing at home in toronto um it was surprising to say the least and i thought at some point they would turn it around and start you know clicking in but it just never happened for them and i mean all around nothing went their way they didn't get their way with the penalties they didn't get their way with turnovers tackles like anything offensively defensively it was all tough but but yeah
0: yeah, I, and I'm, I'm not going to really touch on there was really no one that was fantasy relevant on oh, the okay. Toronto Aeros squad. Uh, I think the best player that you could probably mention is maybe, um, you know, Lucas Rumble, who racked up 12 tackles. But again, even that is not even that fantasy relevant. I do want to talk about when you see 80 points, and this is part of Matthew's fear when he was going to his matchup with the number of New England free jacks that Dankis' anchors does have on his squad. When you score 80 points, there's a whole yeah. lot of fantasy uh, performance to be had. So let me roll yeah. through some of these well, players. to before, li- we,
2: before we get there, Ryan. I I do want to say a couple things just about the game.
0: You said you didn't want to talk about it. No, no,
2: no. (laughs) I I said I had two points. I said, I had two points. One, I think Lucas rumble. I, you know, he's captain Canada, but listening into some of the stuff they talk about, um, the way that he's approaching the ref and talking to the ref, I think it's a little bit of a detriment. He's coming on a bit too aggressive, in my opinion. And I think it's hurting him. I think it's it's hard for him to get calls going his way because of the way that he's talking, because of the conversation and the tone that he's going with the ref. Just a small little nitpicky thing. We gotta talk about the details here, Ryan.
1: Mm-hmm. The other
2: thing is, you know, I this game, some of the commentating regarding the cards and the penalties, you know. I just think that if you're going to commentate and have an opinion on one of the yellow cards, some of the penalties, I'm not going to name names, who the commentators were, but like, know the rules. Just know the rules so that you can accurately help people learn why things are yellow cards, why things are just a penalty, and also let the ref speak. Let the people listen to the ref. Anyways, that's what I had to say about it. It's nothing about the game. It's just really about some some
0: <laughs> You just you just got to uh, vent that out. Uh, <laughs> air, air some dirty laundry there, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, back to back to the 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 fantasy perspective of things here <sighs> with the New England Free Jacks. Again, uh, really so many points to be had here. You wanted a New England Free Jacks player this week, um, if you yeah. were going to uh, have some sort of fantasy performance, uh, uh big time fantasy performance there, um, in terms of your scoring output, uh, part of your team. Uh, first guy I'll mention, uh, I mean Larue Millen. Part of the reason why Vandy uh, was able to reach that 116.4 fantasy point total. He's a guy that he's been waiting on, obviously has been dealing with injury towards the start of the season two weeks ago, finally subbed on and dressed for the first time and made an impact Um, in that. Was that two weeks ago or last week?
2: Uh, Last week.
0: Last week. And then this week in his first start of the season, racks up 94 meters and two tries scored. Uh, Even even. Waiting, I guess now, what, eight weeks in or seven weeks in to see an appearance by LaRue Milan, you are already licking your chops there because you're excited what this guy can do for the rest of the season despite having to deal with uh, seven weeks of him off and Vandy um, having drafted him in the first round.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise that the fact that he drafted him in the first round, you look at it now and it's like, this guy's winning Vandy weeks and if he can do that for the rest of the season, hey, it'll be worth it.
0: Yeah, 22.6 total fantasy points on that 2 try performance. Pretty impressive stuff. Um, another guy I want to mention, a guy that Matt Yu obviously had been high on um, at, at the beginning when he was a a, a waiver wire pickup. Um, it was uh, Paula Balacana. I mean, super impressive stuff. 83 minutes played, 132 meters gained, a try scored, racking up to 20.6 fantasy points. Um, this guy, I mean, if you're picking a guy like this on the waiver wire early in the season, um, this guy could be a league winner.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've said enough about him. The guy is continuing to perform. The guy continues to score tries. Just, you know, always finds an opportunity and a way to get into that try zone.
0: Yeah, five out of seven fantasy performances this far this season have hit double-digit points, uh, two of those being above 20 points, th- uh, three of those above 15. So pretty impressive stuff by him. Um, and then rolling down the list as well in terms of other guys that made impact. I mean, John Poland, I mean, you love to see a scrum half score tries there as well. Um, he was able to find the the try zone 10.9 fantasy points for him. For a scrum half position, is pretty solid. Um, and for him now, he has now hit double-digit point performances in four out of seven matchups for him Um, and then I'm just going down the list here to see if anyone else is really of note. I mean,
2: tons of people score points. I will bring up a guy Ryan, a couple guys Mitch Jacobson. I think he's starting to find form the last three weeks. He's really been stepping it up in terms of fantasy performance as well as just his play. I think this is kind of what we've wanted to expect from him, especially when we included him in our top five. The other guy I need to shout out the fact that he essentially won me my week. Jason Potro's Eight conversions. I'm mean, yep. just ridiculous. Absolutely yep. ridiculous. And you love to see it. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah uh, well, that's, so- that's how I like
0: uh, so I'll mention in terms of the fantasy point performance that those guys were able to get. You look at Potros, um, that's a 21.3 fantasy performance with that conversion kick. And when, when you can have a guy that is just that money from the boot, um, we're learning in fantasy that it's going to have uh, have a huge impact. He may not have those meters gained. He, um, he may score one try, um, but the, that boost that the kicking gives you is really impressive stuff. Uh, Mitch Jacobson, 12.7 fantasy points, not too bad showing there for him. Um, I do want to mention Andrew Quatran as well a friend of the show. Uh, He did pretty well in this matchup. Uh, Two tries, 30 meters gained um, there. And he's a guy that has been starting to solidify himself in the starting lineup for this New England Free Jacks squad. He started for the New England Free Jacks three times in a row. This is his biggest fantasy point performance of the season. First game that he's scoring, uh, not only um, multiple tries, but a try um, this season so far. 14.3 fantasy points for him. Um, Nice to see him kind of starting to uh, make a fantasy impact here.
2: Yep, 100%. And just uh, last thing before we move on tough go for the guy who dropped a lot of fab on Deshaun Bowen. All you have yeah. He was listening to me. <laughs> Anyways, is, let's move on.
0: That is true. All right. Next matchup of the weekend, 8 o'clock Eastern time on the Saturday, Rugby Atlanta taking on Nola Golden. What a shocking result. Obviously, I think we both predicted that Nola was going to come away yeah. with this one, but Rugby Atlanta really showing some grit there and coming away with the victory.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rugby Atlanta actually looked really good. I thought Duncan Van Skalvic. I believe that's how you pronounce his name properly um is actually really drove the team around the pitch really well um i thought they were able to create a lot of offense um they looked a lot better than they have in the recent weeks the other thing we have to talk about though is nola really ran into a lot of injuries in that mm-hmm. game i mean they struggled at one point they had both damian Stevens and luke campbell on the field at one time um, i think tom florence went off with an injury fairly early on which is one of their key players and just they were losing shape as that game went on and they just couldn't they never found their way back into it so um i think that's something important to note but rough go for for my uh my championship pick i mean that's two back-to-back losses i believe so um yeah we'll, we'll have to see we'll have to see how they look moving forward
0: all right, and then uh, from a fantasy perspective for this Nola side, I mean, um, you look at Jordan Jackson Hope. He yeah. did did really, really well. Uh, 13.7 fantasy points there. Adequate stub, 93 you meters really gain, good. 13 tackles. Um, when he finds himself in the lineup, it seems like he's a guy that does have a lot of fantasy impact. Uh, quiet uh, quiet days there for JP Duplicy, Um And like you mentioned, Tom Florence dealing with what he was dealing with. Um, really, again, not really much. When you're only scoring seven points, uh, not, not much to be seen there
2: for a fantasy yeah, perspective I on the Vanilla side. The other bright the bright spot is Pat O'Toole. I mean, um pretty sure he he sits on our waiver wire consistently and he comes out with 11.8 points, 44 meters gain, eight tackles, a try off the set piece, which was just beautiful. Um you know, he he comes in and and maybe even a guy that's to look for. You look at the past kind of four weeks that he's played, 15.2, 8 points, 5.2, 11.8. Some guy that we were probably going to be talking about in our waiver wire segment.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, and then looking at the rugby Atlanta side, I mean, I guess we got to start off with the guy that you mentioned, Duncan Vincikovic, uh Looking very, very good. Um, again, the big part for him was the the efficiency he had from the boot. Um, for him, uh, he was able to rack up, uh, um, you know, two conversion kicks, two penalties. Um, didn't really have that much of obviously meters gain standpoint, but a solid seven point performance there. Um, at least gives you a somewhat of a consistency uh, standpoint for him, um, and then. And you know, going down the list, I mean you look at Ruita Biddle, uh Waitokia, uh both uh exceeding seventy-five meters gain there. Um it, it pretty solid stuff. This, but again, yeah. even even I when mean, you look game, at rugby atlanta, game, yeah. when you look at rugby atlanta, really not much fantasy performance there as well. Yeah. This was just a game yeah, that I mean, really wasn't translating to fantasy MLR.
2: Yeah, I mean I think this was the only game that didn't end up having an offensive bonus point. Um and from at least one of the teams, I believe. Uh so yeah, it was. It, this was a rare low-scoring game of the weekend. Um, but, you know, just means a little less fancy impact, but it didn't stop guys from getting fancy impact elsewhere.
0: Yeah. All right, let's shift on over now to the next matchup of the weekend. Uh, the Dallas Jackals taking on the Houston Sabercats in Houston. Um, also was on Saturday at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Sabercats oh, coming my. away with a victory with this one. 33-21 in the Battle of Texas.
2: Can I say something? It is impossible. I cannot focus on two games at once. I can't. I have one on the like one screen, one on the other. Yeah. I'm trying to look at both critically, and I can't. I, I I don't know which way to look. You know, it it would be easy if one of the games was a New England Free Jack versus Toronto game. I could just turn that one off. Mm-hmm. But what am I supposed to do here? I mean, the Dallas Jackals were putting up a show against Houston. They were looking great. They were really putting it to like really showing Houston. You know, hey. You know we're not the same Dallas Jackals team from last year. The dogs hate cats and we're gonna come and get you and you know they probably hate their space jersey too. So you know, I-, I think the Dallas Jackals actually looked really good. They continue to impress every week, every week, but you know, Houston is just just a class team and they they found a way to end up on top.
0: And for me, at least from a fantasy perspective with these Dallas Jackals guys, I think the staples, uh, at least from a fantasy, production standpoint that you can really trust with this Dallas Jackals side is are back. They're two key back row players and that's Adrian Boyson and Sam wow. Gala. These are two guys that have been racking up double digit tackles consistently well, every yeah. single week. Um, Adrian Boyson this past week, 14.2 fantasy points, 17 tackles as the try 31 meters gain has been consistent. Um, he's been nearing around that double digit point performance almost every single week. Um, in the eight weeks that he's appeared in, uh, five of them have been above 10 points. Um, and this one being his second highest fantasy performance this season. And then you look at Sam Gala, who's a guy that is has been making a big, big, big change here. Obviously, he's been starting at that second row position this is the first time this season that he started at the back row position, yeah. which should be interesting how that plays out, because obviously he lost the back row eligibility and now um, uh, and now has his first game under the belt in the season where maybe he can see that return, man, he would be deadly if he had from a fantasy perspective, if he was able to retain a second row and back row um, eligibility there, but we'll see how that kind of plays out over the next few weeks. But hey, twelve point six fantasy points for him. Racked up sixteen tackles, added the try on thirty-three meters gain. Um, impressive stuff by the rookie.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was impressive to see him in that back row position. They had that new uh, addition, Matthew Gordon, playing in the lock, um, playing at second row and plays him. And and I mean, regardless of back row, regardless of second row, the guy finds a way to make an impact as a rookie. Um, and this one, he comes in with a with a pretty nice try too, as well.
0: And then on the Houston side of things, I mean, we talk about him pretty consistently um, uh, on this show, and that's David Coetzer. because of how efficient he is from the boot. I mean, this past weekend, four conversion kicks has led to a 15.5 fantasy performance. He found a try as well, 42 meters gained. Um, Again, this is a guy that has only missed out on double-digit performances twice this week, or twice this season so far, um, and, and now has gone four straight weeks with being above at least 13 points.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talk about him every week, and it's hard not to when he continues to perform. A guy that I want to talk about also, though, is Gideon Van Vict. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy comes back, finds his way in the lineup, scores a crazy, you know, long-distance try, um, breaking tackles, and then gets a red card and gets sent <laughs> off. So, you know, it's a tough go with that. His first game back, and then I guess he decided he didn't want to be on the field anymore um, and just wanted to send himself off. Um, the other, I mean, we got to talk about it. Another guy who made his first game back in a while for Houston Sabercast is Veroniki Tiko Solomone. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy who's been dropped by Vandy, I think, um, because he wasn't playing and we weren't sure whether he's injured or not. And he comes back and puts on a 14.7-point performance. Um,
0: he might know, be a guy you're looking at on this waiver wire.
2: Yeah, he's going to be a guy that you're definitely going to be looking at um, and hoping that he's going to be in the lineup moving forward.
0: Yeah, hadn't appeared since round four of this season, uh, makes an appearance here in round nine and, and backs it up with a 14.7 fantasy point performance, 89 meters gain and a try as well. So um, yeah. pretty, pretty good stuff by him. Um, yeah. And then just going on back to Gideon Van Vyke, I mean, he would have had a double digit point performance there, but uh, with that yeah you know, uh, that red card with the minus eight penalty that she's that, uh, really <laughs> just kind of ex-nays that, perf- that fantasy impact that he really has um, on that. Um, any more players that you want to touch on here in this year? Houston Sabrecats Dallas Joggles matchup?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I think, you know, the usual guys perform Dean Muir obviously put a try in, you know, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. I think somebody that I really like though on the Houston Sabrecats side and who I, maybe I'm biased because I recently picked him up and I was surprised to see him drop was Drew Wild. I mean, mm-hmm. the way that he is playing at fullback for them and the way that he's able to kind of make gain line and, and run with the ball with his footwork, it's, for me, it looks very similar to a Duncan Matthews. Um, And, you know, that's a pretty high statement in terms of the MLR.
0: Yeah, and it's also when when you have a guy that's willing to attack like that, um, at least from a fantasy yeah. perspective, it really makes it um, beneficial to have guys like that on your squad. Again, um, it's just differing, uh, the differing the perspective when it comes to uh, looking at the game from just a rugby success standpoint or fantasy MLR success standpoint uh, makes, it, yeah, makes it very, very interesting. Um, all right, shifting over to the next game of uh, the week here, um, the wraps up on Saturday, the Utah Warriors with the shocking, shocking result against the Seattle Seawolves they come up with the upset win at home 41 to 35 something that no one expected heading into this weekend
2: yeah this was a crazy game i mean this was by far the best game of the week at the worst time um you know at least for the east coast people um no it was (laughs) it was one of the best games of the week um it could be one of the best games of the season it was just full of surprises and the way that the Utah backline, the way the Utah offensive playing, I mean, Ryan, when I was watching this, all I could think about was, you talk about how exciting the San Diego Legion offense is to watch, but then you watch this Utah Warriors offense these past few weeks. You watch the way that Joel Hodgson is really managing them around the field, and the way that he's working with the guys outside of him, the way that there's not just him being a playmaker, but we're looking at Mika Cruze as well being a playmaker in the outside Mm -hmm. center, and this is all without Paul CK as well. Right. So, um, it has just been, you know, it is just incredible to watch. I think Utah is a team that we've been clearly sleeping on, and we need to pay more attention to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is also a Seattle Seawolves team that has looked kind of vulnerable over the past few weeks. Um, You look at, you know, they come a loss against Utah in round nine, a loss against San Diego in round eight, squeak away a win against Nola in uh, in round seven. Um, And then, you know, it's it's they obviously had the win ahead of that against Chicago, which is expected. Um, But just the past three weeks, they just haven't felt like they're that dominant Seattle Seawolves team that we were really thinking that they were at the start of the season.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, it is just, yeah, it's it's interesting. But I think the big one with this thing, and you got to key in, is is some some pretty major injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. when you have Duncan Matthews playing at outside center, and yes, you know Dan Creel and Duncan Matthews have been a center pairing in the past in their past career in South Africa, um, but you know Duncan Matthews is in their outside center, and Duncan Matthews gets hurt. Um, you know, I'm, and one, I think one of the front rows also got hurt and one of the forwards got hurt fairly early and they just don't really have the depth to be able to cover for that. And we saw that, I mean, Utah came in and just, and just showed played a full 80 minutes and some, of you I know, mean, majority of the Utah guys just played the full 80 minutes and kept hammering it down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into some of the fantasy performances. Let's start with the Utah Warriors because there are a whole bunch of them that we can talk about. Uh, you talk about uh, Mika, Cruz, Mika Kruse and what he was able to do here. Um, second highest uh, fantasy point score for the Utah Warriors this season so far. Yeah. Starts at the center position. Looking looking decent there. 110 meters gained. A try. Nine tackles. 20.7 fantasy points on the season.
2: Yeah, I mean...
0: Or excuse me, on, the, on that match there.
2: He's looking ridiculous. I mean, the way... It, whether you have him on outside center or wing, he's still able to make an impact regardless. You know, outside outside centering has the more uh, more ability to be a little bit more of a distributor and a ball threat, and then on the wing, he just has the ability to score tries and break break the line. So, yeah, it has just been a sight to see watching him play.
0: And then I will say, I mean, after obviously the injury scare that happened in round seven, taking round eight off, Joe Mono returning to the starting lineup and looking pretty solid. 108 meters gain, a try for a 13.1 fantasy point performance.
2: Yeah, Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, another week Joe Mono scores another try. You give him the ball, you give him some space. He's going to do something with it and and, and you're going to pay.
0: Some of the guys got to mention Lance Williams looking good. Thomas Tuovao looking also good. Matt, yeah. you mentioned Joel Hodgson too. Um, oh. Yeah, just just so many different guys here on this Utah team that really, really came through for you for this fantasy week.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's also talk about Clive and Lobster as well in that, in that I mean, first week starting at fullback uh, for them. Is this going to be something moving forward where we see Caleb McKean on the wing, mm-hmm. Clive and Lobster at fullback? I mean, they just beat Seattle Seawolves. Yeah, probably we're going to continue to see this. Um, and Clavin Slobster got 15.3 fantasy points, and he looked great.
0: Yeah, and his first start of the season too, so we'll see how kind of that shakes up as well. Um, All right, let's shift over to kind of the Seattle side of things. Um, Still, like, as opposed to... Again, obviously, lots of points scored when it's a 41-35 victory. So there's going to be a whole yeah. lot of fantasy implication. Uh, the biggest guy I want to mention is Liana Futi. Um, he oh, he oh, looked really, really good. 132 meters gained, one try, 20.7 fantasy points. Uh, he was a guy that really came through there for you uh, from the fantasy side of things.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he is a short man. Well, <laughs> looks like it from the TV. But this guy breaks tackles. I mean, the power that he runs with is just ridiculous. And, and, and he, you know, you think he doesn't have much space. You think he's going to get stopped and tackled. Then he breaks a tackle and makes another 20 meters. It is just a fantasy dream to have that guy in your squad.
0: Absolutely. And a guy that kind of has been has been sneaky kind of good here from a fantasy perspective on the Seattle Seawolves team has been Charles Elton. I mean, Charles yeah. Elton, three yeah. straight weeks now, has come away with double-digit fantasy point performances in round nine, 13.6 fantasy points, 52 meters gained, um, didn't even score a try, but racks up 18 tackles along with a breakdown steal. Um, he's a guy that you really didn't think was going to have that much fantasy impact this season um, yeah. with kind of the crowded back row that Seattle had with, I mean, Ronan Foley there being the uh, the initial kind of talk there. He's obviously dealing with injury stuff, record hatting, always overshadows um, kind of the fantasy side of things when it comes to that Seattle back row. But Charles Elton looking pretty solid.
2: Yeah, he looked really good. I, I really liked the way that he played um and yeah you love to see those guys racking up tackles and and and
0: since since i bring it up are is there a concern with reichert hatting now because obviously he opened up the season uh really really well um he had rounds two rounds three rounds four exceeding 15 point uh 15 total fantasy points um but now basically for the past three rounds, hasn't found himself in the try zone and it's shown in his fantasy output, really not doing that much for the guy that was selected um as, I believe, the second overall pick in our fantasy MLR draft.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes things wear off, right? Things you... <laughs> oh, I my guess, God. <laughs> things you put in your butt. I mean, everything has a time limit <laughs> to wear off once you get <laughs> to stop taking them, right? No, but on, on a serious note, I think in the past four... Like, the past three games, I've just realized that he doesn't seem to be able to find himself or isn't able to get in some of those positions that he used to be in where he just kind of ends up in the right spot at the right time. It just seems like those opportunities aren't arising as much. And I don't think that's a factor of him because I think he's still creating things. I mean, you saw the tries last week. He's still able to create some offense. It's just a little bit more difficult. I think it's more of a product of the way the team's playing. And we've kind of seen this with the Seattle Seawolves of them, you know, like you said, while we were talking about this, a little shaky, a little not knowing how they're doing. You know, I'm um, not the same Seattle Seawolves that we expect.
0: All right, now let's shift over to the first match of Sunday. Another kind of shocking result um, between Old Glory DC and the New York Ironworkers, oh 3 o'clock gosh. Eastern matchup. And and the, the confidence in this New York Ironworkers side has slowly been diminishing in terms of the way that they've been playing yeah. so far this season for being the 2022 MLR champions. Old Glory DC, a character win here, down 24-12 at half, end up getting the victory here, 42-31 at home.
2: I mean, watching that, I watched the first half and just seeing the way that New Rugby New York or New York Ironworkers, whatever, that they were kind of, you know, dominating the first half. In my eyes, they were really holding possession of the ball. They looked good. Um, I thought, hey, this is just going to be another one of those, you know, Rugby New York pulls out the win. But no, Old Gore DC came out in that second half, really showed up, and I think that just showed the amount of injuries that Rugby New York are running into. You had Dylan Fawcett starting at eight. Yes, he's been there before, but you only do that out of desperation. Jason Emery started at ten. Yes, he did that in the playoffs, but again, you know when you have injuries to Jack Hayden that's a tough one. That's a tough one to, to have, and and they're still running through a bunch of injuries now um, that they're trying to work through. But great win for Okora D.C. That's what happens when you put a guy at eight that has a massive and unreal neck tattoo. <laughs> you know, you're just going to come out with ten percent more confidence and a twenty percent more chance of winning.
0: And, I mean, that that back row completely changes with Langy Langy there now, right? Because uh, given that given given their now flexibility of being able to move, uh, which is a guy that we'll, we'll talk about here from a fantasy perspective because he looked very, very good at that flanker position. When you move Jamison a Schultz there to the, the, the flanker position, giving him kind of, I guess, the extra energy there. I mean, if you're diminishing your ball carries from that 8th position uh, by a little bit, yeah. um, just giving you that little bit of extra gas in the tank towards the tail end of the of, of the match, and he was able to take advantage um, in that one with Langy Langy taking over that 8th spot. I mean, Jamison found a Schultz, 21 fantasy points in this match, 103 meters gained. We've seen him typically do it from the tackle perspective, keeping him fantasy relevant. He's had double-digit yeah. tackles every single match that he's played in up to this game. He was close here in this one in round 9 with 9 tackles. Oh. Instead of, um, instead
2: of tackling guys, Ryan, he decided to absolutely slaughter and run over Andrew Coe. Like yeah, a so, <laughs> no I kidding. Mean, like, what, what is he? He doesn't have to tackle when he's just being the guy that's stopping everybody from tackling.
0: And honestly, it's not crazy to think about. And, and I would have been completely shocked if you had told me this at the beginning of the season. At this point in time, I'd rather have Jamison fine on a shots than Riker Hadding right now.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think the way that he's playing, I think, honestly, you look at Tom Florence, I'd rather have Tom Florence over Riker Hadding as well. Um, you know, I think Jamison. the way that he's playing and the key factor that he has been um, in every game this season for Ogre DC, win or loss, um, he's a guy that is a staple for every fantasy team.
0: Yeah, six out of eight weeks, double digit performances. He has gone above 12 points for the five, five straights, Five straight weeks in a row, dating back to round five, and, and this twenty one point wow. performance um in in round nine is the highest of his uh, of his yeah. season so far. So and that's hey, pretty maybe impressive. Maybe if he
2: stuff. gets a neck tattoo, he can start at eight. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, but I I will say though that is a big thing though. I don't think it's a coincidence. Ak-Getsu? <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence that him starting at the back, uh, at the flanker position instead in this one kind of merited to the more opportunity from the meters game perspective. Yep. Uh, seeing him uh, not hit that double digit tackle perspective, scoring the try in this one, I don't think it's it's just a coincidence there. There may be a little bit of yep. a shift if he is going to start starting at that flanker position now.
2: Well, we got to talk about then another flanker that had a massive week as well in Luotaro Bavaro. Yep. I mean, he looked, he hasn't had the greatest season. I think he had the great first week, and then he kind of slowed down. You expected big things out of him, but it just never came. Um, But this week, I mean, he came out firing two tries on the week, 23.1 fantasy points, 71 meters gained, throw a steal in there, throw 10 tackles in there. What a game from him. And, I mean, I'm hoping um, that you can see this moving forward, but he's going to be another guy that we're going to talk about in that waiver wire
0: yeah, it's been a tough one for him uh, so far. I mean, this is the first game that he's had uh, had scored a try. I mean, he did score two in round nine, uh, but hasn't scored anything since round one when there was the, a lot of that hype building up with his Glory DC team after that Chicago match earlier on the season. But since then, hasn't really done much uh, between round four and eight really just hovering outside of one week around that three point fantasy perform uh performance range, which is why you see him available in the waiver wire. But yeah, like you mentioned, coming out with twenty three point one in this one. It'll be interesting to see how the dynamic of that back row changes with Langy Langy there. Um and now obviously they have the addition of uh of 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 um of uh, Nico Jones as well. So kind of seeing how that all plays out will be interesting too. Um, and I think
2: before before we move on to rugby New York, Ryan, it'll be Criminal for us to not mention William Talantino.
0: Yep. Yeah. We have to mention him. Impressive stuff.
2: Yeah. Another guy with two tries this week. I mean, you love to see it. You love yeah, to he, see multiple guys getting two tries.
0: I mean, since he's made his first appearance this season in round four, he has gone uh, four out of six weeks. He scored a try. This one being his first multi-try performance of the game. Twenty fantasy points. Fifty-two meters gained. Six tackles. Um, this is a guy that uh, that. He's looking pretty impressive here from a fantasy yeah, and, perspective.
2: And Furman Martinez got hurt early in that game. So let's see him continue to have a role at that outside center position as and Palomelo sets in.
0: Yeah, awesome. uh, a couple other guys are really good to see Kurt Baker back and kind of doing Kurt Baker things. Um, yeah. I mean, didn't score a try in this one, but was able to rack up uh, 132 meters gain, added two try assists as well, 17.4 fantasy points. Um, he's a guy that is available on the waiver wire too, so maybe yeah. he's a guy that you, you consider there because obviously he's been away with injury. Uh, you expect him to be more established in this lineup as they move forward. Um, something to look at.
2: Yeah, a lot of handling errors, a lot of turnovers. Clearly didn't stop him there, but it was something that I did notice in his play.
0: Uh, other guys scoring tries for Ogor DC that had some sort of fantasy point performance. Penny Lasaka, Junior Sow, as well. Yeah. Um, those good guys also... Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely good to see them back. All right, switching over to the New York Ironworkers side of things. Really from a fantasy perspective I mean you can throw in Jason Emery in there because of his kicking role duties yeah, uh with, not talking with about the, the norm yes yes uh, I was just about to get there but first Jason Emery 16.2 fantasy points with that kicking but yeah the big one being Andrew Coe who was able to score a big time try there um and and uh led to a 20 point uh, fantasy point yeah, performance dude. he's gone back to back weeks now with over 20 points scored 122 meters gained in this one and a try is looking to be in form and again was a big part of the reason why uh vandy was able to hit that 116.4 total fantasy point threshold yeah
2: but you know i think that's a small consolation for getting absolutely <laughs> fucked by banana banana shots
0: yeah no kidding um, and then looking outside there, again, you got Hamish Dalzell scoring a try. Dylan Fawcett, I want to mention, because man, that guy is literally I know they call him the butcher, but that guy's a Swiss Army knife man. The fact that he's so effective at the hooker position, you slot him in at eight position, not your prototypical looking well, eight yeah. guy, and he goes in there and scores a try.:
2: I mean, he plays the full 80 minutes. And the other thing that you got to note is, even when he's playing eight, he's throwing the ball in and he's continuing to be the guy at <laughs> the back of the mall. That's how he scored his try. Yeah. It wasn't being an eight man. He was scored his try by essentially playing the hooker position. So, like, it is that is just utility that you'd love to have at your front row position. Um, and, you know, we've seen it last year. And the fact that he's able to play 80 easy, um, you know, that just bodes well for, for the future. And when big games start coming, you might be playing 80 more often.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, anything left with this all-gore New York matchup that you want to talk about, Matt?
2: No, I think uh, Rugby New Yorker is really hoping for, you know, guys like Ed Fito, Brendan O'Connor, um, Jack Hyden to all get back in that
0: lineup. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now let's shift over now to uh, the last matchup of the weekend in round nine. San Diego Legion taking on Chicago, the Chicago Hounds at yeah. home, coming away with uh, with a dominant victory there, 48-24. to 24. Um, Again, you look at this matchup, this is another one that on at least the San Diego side had pretty good big time fantasy uh fantasy impact uh when it comes to the players that were involved there but hey some some fantasy impact on on the Chicago hounds side as well
2: yeah I mean this was a I honestly watching the first part of that game I thought Chicago Hounds – I thought they were giving it to San Diego um, they seemed to be you know really showing some form really dominating looked like they were able to um you know start start get get some offense going and and it was a tight game going into that I guess the first 10 fifteen minutes. Um, and then you kind of started to see San Diego just stretch it out, stretch the legs, start going. Um, you know, I think this this league and this this uh, the the margin between the two teams, the score probably could have been bigger if the ref you know didn't call back two <laughs> Nate oxburger tries. Um, but you know, which is so, which is to so think about. I still won it. anyways. <laughs> I still won anyways. But uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, those were interesting calls, but it just shows how good San Diego.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they, they look electric, and again, they're one of the teams that's it. it, I think, honestly, at this point of the season, and we're going to get into these guys now, but uh, just as it's on the top of my mind, right now... I want San Diego players, and I want Utah players. Those are the guys, are the teams that seem to be playing the game style that is most complementary towards fantasy MLR point production. Uh, I
2: mean, I would also throw New England Freejack players in sure. there because they're, they're, they're in form right now, and they're coming off two big wins. So
0: I mean, how can you not when you put up 80 points, right, I guess? Um, but all right, let's talk about San Diego Legion, some of the players on there. I mean, you can't start off the San Diego Legion and talking about fantasy MLR without mentioning Nate Oxburger. I mean, this guy is the number one fantasy. Fantasy point score right now in the entire league um, it's, it's insane you look at his numbers you look at his <laughs> fantasy numbers he ridiculous. hasn't scored lower than 12 fantasy points that was back in round five he has gone three straight weeks now with over 20 points scored in this one in round nine, 24.6 fantasy points, 136 meters gained. at a try. says at a try, this guy is doing everything for a guy that you originally drafted as your starting nine and is now the best player at the back three position.
2: Yeah. He, I mean, all fantasy aside, like the, these are the guys you like to have where they are finding work on the field. You know, Nate Oxberger continues. You watch the game. If you watch him in the back, you see him finding work on both wings, working across, tracking side to side. And the other thing is San Diego, San Diego Legion, you see that with both the tries that got called back. They're looking to inject him into the offense, into the set piece plays, everything, because of his speed, because of his, his footwork. Um, he's just a guy that they can rely on to finish plays.
0: Yeah. Um, and and nice to see nice to see here Tapua uh, Maafu Afungia, I oh, mean, nice. it hasn't really been fantasy relevant so far this season, but, he man, play. he came to play in this one. 126. And, and,
2: m- yeah, I was just going to say, right, him and that mullet, that big old mullet flying out the back. He was breaking tackles. He was making meters gained. He was, you know, tackling people. It was... That was wild to
0: watch. yeah 126 meters gained a try 16 tackles uh yeah 22.9 total fantasy points um, that's exactly what uh, what you, you want to see the opportunity there and and he 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 looked electric in in this matchup there um, shifting on to some other guys on this squad I mean it is cool to see I will say I always love seeing um, on the San Diego side Ma'ananu. Appearing on, say, appearing on uh, the fantasy radar here and, and making an impact. Um, it's, just fun, it's just fun to see him uh, doing things here in the MLR. 18.7 fantasy points, uh, 71 uh, minutes played, 80 meters gained, a try, 14 tackles, and a try assist.
2: You don't get to say his name often, Rye, and I love when he comes up. And this game was just classic, you know, thank you, Ma, for giving Nate Augsburger the try. intercept. <laughs> Appreciate you. He needed that. I needed that. And then you got it back. you got the meat pie yourself with a nice long distance try. uh, you love to see it. I mean he is just a sight to see every time. such a yeah. great opportunity to watch. uh
0: Mikey Taylor scoring a try in this one as well. Dan Pryor scoring a try and then also coming off the bench Thomas Morani, uh two try performance there for him and Chris I Bowman put the as icing
2: well. on the on the icing on the cake at the end of the game
0: yeah. Absolutely. All right, shifting over to the Chicago Hounds side of things. I mean, I guess the biggest player that we need to talk about here uh, for this team is obviously Billy Meeks. He's a guy that was heading into the season um, uh, as our number one consensus back, um, but obviously through work visa issues and him not being available at the start of the season uh, kind of uh, faltered uh, him in terms of him falling a little bit in our draft, getting drafted, I believe, in the third round by Rugby Morning. But now kind of similar to the LaRue-Millain situation, it looks like now that he is starting to pick up his form, establish himself in the starting lineup here. He's looking like he is one of the best backs despite being on a struggling Chicago side.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about it last week. Mark O'Keefe, Billy Meeks, Bryce Campbell, these are guys that we can kind of trust to continue to play. I mean, you look at Mark O'Keefe, Marco O'Keefe also gets double digits with 13.3 fantasy points. And then you look at Bryce Campbell, you know, 5.7 fantasy points, not as great, hasn't had that great past weeks, but three guys that you can kind of rely on to at least put some numbers up. And Billy Meeks and Marco O'Keefe are two guys that are, you know, big parts of that.
0: Yeah, 135 meters gain for Billy Meeks, 22.7 fantasy points, like you said, Matt, a try, a try assist, and four tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this. despite, I think, despite how the Chicago Hounds team, the result that they get at the end, I think you can be pretty confident with that back line in terms of slotting them in your lineup yeah, for the most
2: part. I mean, I would, I would almost limit that down to just, you know, Billy Meeks, Marco Keefe, Julian Dominguez when he comes back. Yep. Um, and Bryce Campbell. Um, and then the only other guy that I would look at Chicago side is Hugh Roach. I mean, mm-hmm. two games in a row looking really good. It's great to see him back. 11.9 points last week, eight point nine points, 8.2 points this week. Um, again, I said it last week. The Chicago Allen Seppies looks good when they get an opportunity. It's just when they get those opportunities, that's what you're really at Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> All right, can we take a breath now? Man, what Let's a take week. Take a
2: breath. That was a lot of games, that was a lot of points. Let's get to the good stuff Ry. We're moving forward, we're looking forward. Let's get to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. And just a quick update for for all of our uh, our listeners out there, top 5 players right now in Fantasy MLR. Nate Oxberger obviously, like we uh-huh. said, absolutely killing it by far. 20 points more than the second place guy over David or Nate Augsburg has 138.9 fantasy points on the season. David are coming in at 118.7. Joe Mono, even with that injury uh, injury week where he was out, still up there as he continues to find that tri-zone. 117.9 points for him. Mika Kruse there at the four spot at 114. And then you got Jamison Fionnaz-Schultz there sneaking up into that top five. 108.9 fantasy points with Dan. Tom Florence not too far behind with 100 six point five in that six spot pretty pretty yeah. it's, it's crazy i only mention it matt because how nuts is that top five none of those guys none of them were guys that we thought were going to be in our top five heading into the season
2: yeah we stink Ryan. That's, <laughs> that's what that's what i'm learning is that we just
0: fantasy mlr certainly is something all right let's start talking now about waiver wire because i do think that outside of the weeks that we've had leading up to this round nine. I think there is some value to be had in terms of guys that you can scoop up, not even just as a streamer perspective, but guys that have outlook that could start making a fantasy impact moving forward that could help you during your playoff run here as we get towards the the tail end of the season.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, now it's about, um, and this is the way that I've been going, is now it's about trying to factor in these bye weeks. I Mm -hmm. mean, you're looking at week 11 and 12. You know, after that, I don't, think that there's too many weeks after that, um, until the, until the last two weeks season, which is going to be playoffs at that point. Yep. Um, where, you know, there's no, where all the teams are playing again. So you got to start getting some guys in, you know, if you have a one, one, uh, one front row position, find a guy. If you can find a guy that you like that you can take a bet on, Hey, pick him up, find a place in your roster. If you need another nine, because the nine thing is, is thin, Pick up another nine, you know, try to get those spots now. But I think to that point, Ryan, we've got some guys here that can honestly be put right into your starting lineup.
0: Absolutely. And I, I guess, who do you want to start with? Who who do you think is the top waiver wire ad heading into round 10?
2: Okay. I know that we talked about Luotaro Bavaro. You know, I know we talked about Paddle Tool. Um, but for me, you know, the top waiver wire pickup is Colin Gross. Okay. Me. I, don't expect to, I didn't expect to see him on the waiver wire this week, um, and he wouldn't be, and he shouldn't be. And the fact that you can get you know, the past two weeks, 9.8, 12.4 fantasy points from a second row, and the fact that he has been kind of throughout the week as a second row getting above five points is something that you love to see. It's not inconsistency that you will take out of a guy from the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that can definitely be, if not depth, Somebody who you can plug in if he starts uh, showing form for the rest of the season.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, Lataro Bavaro, I think is another one there. Uh, you want to keep an eye out on how this back row of Old Glory DC shakes up yeah. with who they've been adding. Um, but if he can kind of try to find his form, that would be interesting. Again, kind of volatile there because really this is the first kind of really fantasy impact game that he's had um, since round one when they had that dominant performance against Chicago. Um, again, I think this is something you're going to be watching for. How does Old Glory DC progress here? Do they use this as kind of a a momentum-building win moving forward. Again, we're going to get into the matchups that are coming in round 10, but they do have the Utah Warriors coming up this week. A pretty tough matchup there. will be an exciting one, but can he do something against Utah? But what I will say is that after Utah the Orgore DC team does face the Dallas Jackals. So there is a chance for him to maybe establish himself even more there. But again, keeping an eye on how that back row kind of shakes out for Orgore DC. And then Matt, you mentioned him any, uh, any, any value in trying to put something down for very Nikki, t- t- uh, Oh, Tico, uh, Solomone heading into, one, yeah, that was a tough one. Um, heading into um, round 10.
2: I mean, look, I think there's so many back three players that guys have already picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, that I almost, I almost think if you need him, if you need a back three to start in this week, if you're thin on that position, put some fab down on him. But I don't think that he should be a guy that you are searching for. But you know, we've seen every week that he's played, he's been a guy that has been involved, has been able to get meters gained. Um, you know, yeah, I would say if you have a, if you have guys that you would start over him, I wouldn't put too much fab in. If you're in need of a back three. Um I would definitely I would definitely put some fat down on him.
0: And we've mentioned it before, kind of the ba- the the what these different positions provide you. Again, back three position is a very volatile one. You're really banking on those, especially when you're outside of kind of the top tier back three players. You're really banking on these guys finding the try zone in, in terms of their fantasy production. That's not going to happen every yeah. single week. Um, So again, as opposed to a back rower who is maybe a little bit more consistent because of the tackles that come with that. And then they add a try on top of that. That's where they can really explode. So I think this week, more than others, there have been other positions. Positions outside the back three where there is value on um, there. Matt, like you mentioned, Matt, with Lutaro Bavaro and Colin Gross, both being options this week as pickups. Uh, last guy that I'll mention, I mentioned him earlier, Kurt Baker. I know he's a back three guy, um, but yeah. he's a guy that hey, he, he's obviously he's going to be the starter. He's the player coach for Old Glory DC coming off of obviously the concussion stuff that he had over the uh, He was dealing with over the past couple weeks. Impressive in his, his first start back here. Um, he's a guy that's going to be in the lineup. And if Ogore DC continues to kind of build off of this win against the New York Ironworkers, he could be an instrumental part of that with how, how much he was handling the ball there um, last week.
2: And I'm just going to throw out two more names. It's very Vugakoto, 60-plus minutes as a front row, back back-to-back weeks, over five points back-to-back weeks as a front row. You'd love to see it. That's definitely a guy that you may want to look at for some depth or at your starting uh, front row position. Another guy, Martin Iosefo, coming off a big week for the Seattle Seawolves. Mm-hmm. They Toronto Arrows this upcoming week. Could be a big week to pick up some Seattle Seawolves.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's, let's now segue
2: sh- in to talk about next week.
0: Yeah, let's start talking about next week. Um, again, the results from round nine couldn't have shaken up the standings even better and that's gonna have so yeah. much impact here heading into this round 10 week i mean you got basically a four horse race for the western conference uh three playoff spots there and then you got a five horse race there in eastern in the eastern conference and all of them are eating up each other i mean you got old Gore dc taking down new York iron workers who are sitting in second rugby atlanta beats the Nola gold who pushes nola down to fifth um j- just just crazy stuff and now seattle's sitting in third in the western conference because utah coming away within they're right behind on the tails it's just it's crazy crazy stuff here and and, and round 10's obviously going to have a huge impact on that so um yeah let's have a look at some of these matchups and give our predictions in terms of what we expect here uh this weekend we um these, right? yeah I, no we kidding no kidding no kidding but hey we'll, we'll keep on trucking through and maybe eventually you know it's just it's it's all about just hedging our bets man we keep on making the picks eventually you all know right. and we'll get some of them right um all right or starting off the week <laughs> starting Starting off on the weekend, on Saturday, the New England Free Jacks taking on Rugby Atlanta at home, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Um, If there's any confident team that you have here with the Eastern Conference, is this New England Free Jacks side that's been absolutely rolling right now? Yes, you mentioned, Matt, that Rugby Atlanta looks pretty solid, but I'm pretty confident with the New England Free Jacks in this one, especially off of an 80-point performance. You kind of look at two ways where, hey, maybe they kind of take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit, but I don't know. This New England Free Jacks team is rolling right now.
2: Yeah, I agree. And they're going back home. Um, and they love playing at home, so um, I'm with you there. New England Free Jacks, definitely going to be the winners
0: here. Yeah, and I think New England Free Jacks players stay in your lineup until further notice, regardless of who they're playing right now hundred percent right. shifting over to now the second matchup also at three o'clock Eastern time. I know how much you love that Matt, uh, but Old glory DC at home once again, taking on the Utah warriors. This one's going to be an interesting one, man, because obviously Old glory is coming off of a, a big time upset win against the New York iron They looked yep. a lot, uh, probably the best that they've looked so far this season. And then you look at the Utah warriors who have won, I believe four straight, I think. Um, and they're rolling through here. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. if I had to put my money on it, I think this one is going to be a high scoring one for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially the way that this Utah offense looks DC is just going to have to keep up. And I mean, they had their flashes of brilliance and I think they look really great at times. It'll just be how consistent can they be because this Utah Warriors side has found a way to just continue to put the hammer down all game long. Um, a big kind of matchup that I was just thinking of is going to be Jamison Fernando Schultz versus Lance Williams. Mm-hmm. They're both at that sixth position. It'll be an interesting matchup to watch.
0: Now, just uh, there are more pictures out there with Jama in a boot. Um, in the, post, uh, the post-game the uh, post kind of uh, festivities between the New York Ironworkers, well, and we don't have an update on that as of yet at the time of this recording this podcast, but that is definitely something to look out for. Maybe that, that lends to, you know, the lataro bavaro pickup being even bigger because of that. Yep. Who knows? Um, I will say this um, as we make our predictions here, Matt. Um, again... Ogor DC has this habit of falling behind early against teams. We saw that at halftime in the matchup against the New York Ironworkers down 24 to 12. I don't think you can afford to do that against this Utah Warriors team. This is a Utah Warriors team that is going to put the the pedal to the floor for the entirety of the 80-minute match and is going to continue to try to um, continue to score points throughout of it. And I don't think that you have the luxury to get down early against this team. With that being said, I think the Utah Warriors come out on top in this one.
2: Yeah, this one's for you, Vandy, going to Utah Warriors.
0: Okay. All right. Shifting over to uh, the last matchup of Saturday, 8.05 Eastern time, San Diego going to Dallas. Kind of a weird kickoff time there. But nonetheless, I think this is one pretty simple. Uh, You're playing your San Diego players. Uh, The only Dallas Jackals guys you're really looking at are probably Gala and Boyson. Yeah, the
2: ones that I have. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. San Diego Legion guys, I mean, yeah, you're going to play your San Diego Legion guys. Um, they're probably going to come out with a pretty big win here.
0: All right. Now, shifting over to first matchups of Sunday, Chicago Hounds taking on Nola Gold back home. What uh, is this? This is this going is to be an so interesting
2: ridiculous, one. This is so Every time we go through the schedule, I continue to be baffled by the way that they schedule these things. Yeah. Saturday, two games at 3, one game at 8.05. What the heck are you doing between 3 and 8? The game's not even on the West Coast. It's in, like, Central time. So what are we doing at 8.05? And then we got a game at 2 and 2.30 and 4. You know, the 2.30, to 4, like, why do I need two games at 2 and then 2.30? Like, I can't <laughs> keep up. I only have so many eyes and attention span. Anyway, sorry, Ryan. I had to – I can't, no, no, I can't it, hold it back any longer.
0: It makes sense. It makes sense. But, hey, all right, Uh this one will be interesting. I mean, I think Nola needs a win here. Nola needs a big time win here. Um, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see. I, it, again, you mentioned about the injuries. You really got to keep an eye out for that with this Nola goal team. What side are they putting out this weekend against Chicago? Um, for Nola, you're keeping an eye on that. For Chicago, again, hard to be confident with this team right now. Uh, but I think, you know, you're, you can still be confident with those big three that we're talking about in that back line between Billy Meeks. Marco Keith and bryce campbell
2: yep i agree um but honestly like i think with the nola gold injuries um it becomes a tough one this becomes a lot tighter game than than, than we would think it is and i think this might be the first week that i go against the nola gold wow you think, think chicago's gonna, go gonna get their? i think i'm gonna go with the chicago hounds this that... week they're gonna get their second win um at sea geek stadium against nola gold
0: yeah, oh, that's tough that you say that. I'll stick with Nola. I'll 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 hedge my bet there again. It's all all due to injury. It's always tough to predict that stuff, but um, it's hard to really side with the Chicago Hounds team that just has been kind of struggling so far this season. Yeah. But hey, they continue to look better each and every week, so making improvements, that's which true. is which is good. Um, all right, second game of Sunday, two thirty Eastern Time, April twenty third. Uh, the New York Ironworkers are welcoming in the Houston SaberCats. This one should be an exciting one. I mean, the New York Ironworkers are looking to get back on track here. They've looked a little bit uh, vul- uh vulnerable here obviously a lot of that due to injury Houston SaberCats they're you're, they're they're kind of fu- finding their form here um and 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 after that big win against Dallas um this one should be a tight one on paper uh but again kind of like the NOLA Gold matchup it's really really i think based on the injury situation that we're finding here with the New York Ironworkers
2: yeah i mean Look, it's tough. They're missing a lot of their key guys. New York Islanders are missing Ed Fido, missing Jack Hyden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're missing. Uh, I can't even think of who else they're missing, but they're missing a bunch of them. Yep. And uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's tough on their side. Um, it's tough to to get set piece together. It's tough to have the timing right in the back back line. Tough to have the timing right in the forwards. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the Houston SaberCats here, just simply because of the fact of that. Um, and the fact that, you know, they're coming off a tough loss against Guard DC, and I'm afraid that this is just a tougher matchup.
0: Than yeah. Yeah, I'm going Houston as well in this one. Um, All right, last matchup, and what a way to finish out the weekend. 4 o'clock Eastern time. uh, The Seattle Seawolves traveling to Toronto. Um, Hopefully Toronto can not allow 80 points in this one. Um, A perfect timing matchup for the Seattle Seawolves, though, who obviously have been struggling a little bit and maybe need a little bit of a tune-up match. Kind of similar to the Dallas Jackals-San Diego Legion matchup. I'm playing all my Seattle Seawolves players. I'm not touching any Toronto Arrows players um, this week
2: yeah that sounds pretty accurate um, you know let's hope it's not another record-breaking uh, loss again this week you know maybe it'll be 77 to five or something like that so <laughs> um, no we'll hope for a closer matchup I think Toronto will step up and come out to play at home but they're just another team that's riddled with injuries um, it's clear that we're both going to Seattle on this one um, but yeah definitely stream some Seattle guys if you need to fill some
0: and, I mean, this is this is the name of the game when it comes to MLR. I mean, when we've talked with players before on this show um, and heard from players on other shows as well, they talk about just how grueling the Major League Rugby season is and the physicality yeah. that this type of rugby typically brings, this North American-style league, um, and just how long the season is. It, it, it is not... You know, obviously it's a cliche. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. But it's really at this point of the season where teams are really tested with their depth. And from a fantasy perspective, you're trying to find. Where you can find value in guys that maybe are taking advantage of certain situations, whether that be on opposing teams, where maybe hey you're playing your Houston guys, you're playing your Seattle guys, um, you're playing you know your your um, you know your Chicago guys because you think they can take advantage of a NOLA Gold team that's injury riddled, but then you're also looking at those teams that do are dealing with injuries and seeing hey who are the guys that are stepping up here that I could stream this week um because you know i don't have a certain player and that may not be as difficult in this week when we have you know all uh, 12 teams playing but come round 11 come round 12 when we're hit with by mageddon um and, and we got you know four teams on by there are going to be streamers that you will need that week and this is this type of stuff that you need to look out for
2: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and hey it's better to plan in advance so you don't have to make some tough decisions in the upcoming weeks um of who to drop because yeah. you've already planned for it uh
0: If you got the roster space, definitely look ahead because there is going to be a whole bunch of difficult lineup decisions coming up in the near future. But unless we got an exciting round 10 coming up here, full slate of matchups should be uh, should lend itself to a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of different fantasy performers like we had in round nine. Again, Uh, Super exciting stuff. And we mention it every single week. It seems like this season, especially from a fantasy perspective, has been the most fun season to watch so far in terms of the points that we're seeing (laughs) scored and the new stats that we're we're tracking here. It's been it's been an absolute blast so far in 2023. Yeah, halfway hey, halfway agree. through, halfway through the twenty twenty three campaign, Matt, and and uh we our playoffs for fantasy MLR start week fourteen. We're only five weeks away before uh before that that race really gets solidified, before we hit that first kind of mm-hmm. bi week's quarterfinal type uh, round here in Fantasy MLR.
2: Yeah, and uh I mean, people better start catching up, bro. They're start <laughs> running away with it.
0: There we go. Big talk for the guy that's sitting in first place. All right. If you're not following us already, make sure you follow us at the Fantasy Ruckers. Get all the latest updates when it comes to our Fantasy League, when it comes to Fantasy MLR and everything else involved. Um, it's been, again, super exciting stuff so far this season. Discord channel, link to that is down below as well if you want to talk more Fantasy MLR with some of our community members. Been a lot of fun there too. And hey, check the FantasyRuckers.com for all the latest stats, fantasy stats, and regular stats if you're just a, a numbers junkie like we are here um it's cool to have that all kind of archived there at thefantasyruckers.com so um for matt for ryan this is episode 62 of the fantasy Rucker show we'll be back next week for round 11 but everyone until then enjoy an exciting round 10 love
1: you vandy You've been listening to the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, connect with us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Signing off.